tell you that together we are unstoppable. During this season my goal is to provide you with stories from amazing women and business owners which will help you to adopt, grow and exercise that entrepreneurial spirit and mindset that already exists within you. I hope these stories allow you to learn, scale and become more resilient. I hope they can show you how to build your dreams and open doors. Remember that you already are exceptional and you deserve to sit at any table you desire to be in. You were meant for greatness. So let's get loud. Own your today. Own your story. And let's build together a better tomorrow. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Transcend with M. And with us today is Amanda Berlin. Welcome, Amanda. How are you? I am good, Monica. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you here to learn about your story. We've been trying to get, you know, on an appointment for a while. So I cannot wait to learn everything you have to teach us with your story and talk about the work that you are doing with women and surrounding, you know, the entrepreneurs and just this amazing world of women entrepreneurship. So take us through, you know, the timeline. Uh, who is who is Amanda and how did she got here? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for creating space for these conversations. I'm really excited to be part of this. So I guess the story of me starts, um, I, you know, it, I could go all the way back, <laughs> I, but I will start with um, really recognizing that um, I always uh, believed in stories. I was always interested in the power of stories. It's such a weird th thing to say, believed in stories, but I, I always was so uh, drawn to people's memoirs. I, I read, um, Shirley Temple's memoir. It was this really thick, like, you know, novel size, you know, one of those paperback books that you would get in like the airport. Um, when I was like a teenager, I loved reading about people's real life stories. And I realized that even in the most seemingly mundane stories, like those of my own parents, there is, there are stories of, overcoming, you know, deep heartbreak and adversity. And that alone makes them significant. You know, even if they, uh, you know, aren't famous people, that was just something that I was just aware of that everyday stories are so powerful. And then as I, as I grew up, I studied journalism. I interned at CNN. 
I went into, um, I, I wrote for my, you know, a local newspaper in the Washington DC area where I went to school. And then when I entered my career, I started in publicity and I was doing work for, uh, the networks, the television networks, celebrity publicity. And in essence, it was creating a story about every single one of the, uh, you know, not just the people, but the projects that they were working on that made them interesting to the news media out there in the world. And that continued as I, you know, moved away from celebrity publicity to regular PR, where I was working with some big, you know, notable brands, but on less, you know, sexy stories (laughs) where the, the idea of storytelling really needed to, um, be, artful and we really needed to put a lot of effort into creating something that was going to make these products that we were charged with publicizing palatable to the audience out there. And so that's really where I honed my craft because I became editorial director of a niche firm where we were responsible for getting our clients, you know, whether that's a pharmaceutical company, a financial firm, a nonprofit, a consumer products firm, a beauty product, getting their product in front of the audience that it was going to be most meaningful to. And sometimes it was less than, you know, the most attractive thing (laughs) that we needed to put out there. So like an FDA approval of a new drug to treat an obscure illness, which obviously is important to some people, but we were talking about the mass media here. So I needed to figure out a way to make it seem important to many people. And so that was really where I honed the skill of strategic storytelling so that I could help my clients get in front of the audiences that mattered to them. All the while, I was really um, discontented with the corporate culture. And we, I think, you know, at the heart of that was that we all, you know, in the firm that I worked in started to become less human to each other, but it's like, we forgot each other's stories. We forgot what everyone was going through. And it just became a place where, you know, I was going in and doing this work and going home and I felt like my soul was dying. And so over the years, I always had this, uh, compulsion or feeling that I would go out, you know, quote unquote, go out on my own, but I never really knew what that looked like until I got laid off in the winter of, of actually we're coming up. We're recording this in January. We're coming up in three days on the 10 year anniversary of my expulsion from corporate. <laughs> I got laid off in wow. January of 2012. And in that moment, I made the decision that I wasn't going to go back to this job that felt like it was really chip, chipping away at my soul. And at the same time, I did not know what it would look like to be quote out on my own. I didn't have a business idea. I didn't know what I would do. I was always interested in personal development. I was always interested in, I had just done a coaching certification. So, you know, mindfulness, personal development, those were all areas of interest for me. And so I, uh, fitness was an area of interest for me. And because my soul had been so crushed by my corporate career, I 
in the back of my mind decided I wanted nothing to do with communications or PR ever again. And so I was really interested in pursuing coaching or fitness. And so as I traveled down those roads, I kept coming up somewhat empty because those aspects of my life, uh, in retrospect, me to money doing them necessarily, they were more, uh, passions and, and fit for, uh, for that, that corner of my life or that, that, you know, it's a big corner, but (laughs) fit for that aspect of my life. Um, all the while, you know, I was sort of dabbling and trying things and trying to earn money, doing all these different things. I was freelancing in the PR world. I was writing press releases. I was doing, uh, some strategy here and there. And, being the breadwinner for my family and with a, a child on the way at that point, I really realized that I needed to, uh, figure out what I, what am I doing here? (laughs) Because I needed to, I needed to figure out what this business was going to be. And I needed to figure out a way to earn money. And so a pivotal moment came for me when I reached out to an organization I really believed in. Um, but an organization that was sadly behind the times in their online presence and in their marketing strategy and in their communication. And I said, I think I can help you. Uh, do you think you have a need for someone like me? And the, it almost was begrudgingly I reached out because I thought this was before the realization that, uh, you know, coaching and, and fitness weren't going to be my business. I begrudgingly reached out and they asked for a proposal. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> I was pretty indignant about it. Why do I need to do this? I want to be making money by doing these other things I'm passionate about. When I filled out or created that proposal for that organization and outlined all the ways that I thought I might be able to help them amplify their message, get their voice out there, connect with more people who they could support was a huge light bulb moment for me because I realized that I was not doing work. I realized that I was doing work that I was, was really skilled at. And now I would be doing it for entities I really believed in. And it would be easier to support them and putting themselves out there because I was really behind what they were doing. And I think back to a moment when I was in second grade and was trying out for the cheerleading squad in my local town. And I trotted in there with my saddle shoes and my hands on my hips and a big smile across my face. And I did the audition and the judges are there kind of whispering to each other. And we're supposed to stand there and, you know, look perky and hands on hips, feet together, smiling. And I felt the smile just sort of start to hurt. And I was like, I can't fake smile like this anymore. And I ended up not making the A team because I couldn't be fake enthusiastic. (laughs) And that is a metaphor for my business life, (laughs) because once I found entities, individuals, and now, you know, solo entrepreneurs who I've been working with for the last, you know, probably seven plus years, I can be genuinely enthusiastic about what they are doing so that I can genuinely skills that I had been using on behalf of the big businesses 
to now support small businesses and solo entrepreneurs. That, that's a great analogy. I love it. So first, we are celebrating the 10-year anniversary of a new beginning. I'm yes. Just gonna, I'm just going to keep it at that, right? Because it sounds better and it's actually what it happened, right? Like Absolutely. we are on a 10-year anniversary of celebrating, you know, a big change and new beginning. Um, but it is so true. Like cheerleaders, you know, they're like, and <laughs> you know, sometimes um, it is it is hard to maintain that smile when you don't really feel like smiling. So tell me more about that aha moment. Like, how did you arrive there? And then what was your turning point? How did you tackle that in order? to not fake smile. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that turning point was, uh, I, th I would say I've had probably in the 10 years since I left corporate 10 aha moments, like I've, they come often, right. We're constantly iterating on what we are doing as entrepreneurs. So that was the first major aha moment. You know, some aha moments are sneaky. Some are sad. Some are, you know, when you have a realization that uh, for instance, prior to that, I really thought I wanted to be a straight up coach, a life coach. And I was pursuing that. And then as I was doing that work, I felt like this isn't lighting me up. And that is a sad aha moment because the thing that you thought you wanted to do is revealing itself to be not as energizing maybe as you thought it would be, which by the way, you know, kind of full circle, I do a ton of mindset work with my, my clients, because it is hugely terrifying to be visible or to speak out on behalf of your brand or to try something new or to be an entrepreneur period. So there's a ton of mindset work and coaching that go along with that. And I love that aspect of the work right now. So that is another, you know, huge, um, it's a huge piece of what I do. So, like I said, we're constantly iterating, but that light bulb moment came through really the first thing that comes to mind to me is starting before I was ready. I had no entrepreneurial experience. I only had the experience that I had for 12 years in the corporate world. And I dared to tell this organization that I could help them. And so I think that those types of epiphanies can come to you when you step out and do something scary uh, because there's great information in the way you feel when you do that scary thing. It's either like, oh my gosh, no retreat. And that's an aha moment. Or it's like, okay, yes, this is it. Keep going. So how do you compare going through that experience, right? I think it's as, as a coach and as a person that helps others, how, how, you going yourself through that experience has helped you actually coach better other individuals in order to go through that journey. Yeah, absolutely. So my experience is everything when it comes to the coaching and consulting that I do with clients. 
I have been doing this for a long time in the entrepreneurial world and I've been doing it a very long time in the like entire world. <laughs> so, you know, I have 20 plus years under my belt of professional experience. So my, and, and, and it's, you know, I'm just like anyone else. It's difficult from the inside to see the value of what your experience offers you. But every so often, especially, you know, it, you, when you ask the question, I can lean into the fact that I have done a great many things in entrepreneurial life and in business life. I have had a lot of life experience. And so being able to say to my clients, I have been there, <laughs> I have done this, 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 or I have been there, I have experienced that. I have been there. I've had that dark night of the soul moment year, what, however long that dark night of the soul lasts. I, that is, I think hugely of service and it's actually somewhat antithetical to the philosophies of coaching that you bring yourself, you know, you obviously, you, you don't really make it about yourself, but I remember when I was in those early years of entrepreneurship. And when I was in the, my, you know, dark night of the soul year, when I had a newborn baby and a new baby business and a husband that, um, at the time, and now I should say we are amazing friends and great partners, but, uh, now divorced at the time, what I was supporting and was, you know, paralyzed by, uh, you know, the over his, his overwhelm of, uh, having a new child and mm -hmm. not, not providing in that moment, I can, I, I can say that that has, that I, in those moments, all I wanted someone to do was to tell me, I get it. I've been there. I understand. And it's going to be okay. And because of all of the experience that experiences that I have had, I can say that to my clients. Yeah. If you don't mind, how is that? You know, there is a lot of women that are listening today and, you know, will be listening to these podcasts in the next few weeks. And a lot of them have gone through divorce. I went through divorce at a very early age. Um, how did you manage that transition where you had a baby, a baby business, and also, you know, had to be dealing with, you know, providing to your family and going through a divorce? I think, you know, as much as people like to hear successful stories of entrepreneurship and successful stories, um, we also need to hear the reality of the behind scenes of what actually goes on when going through that journey. So I think, Absolutely. you know, I've talked to a lot of women where they're going through the same thing. So, you know, we don't have to dig deep into the story, but more about how did you actually, you know, cope with it. And, yeah. you know, if there's any women out there going through the same thing, what is a piece of advice that you can give them before we move into talking about all the amazing things you're doing today? <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I appreciate the, um, the intention to, to be real about what the, uh, what, you know, that specific experience is like, and also, 
um, what it's like as an entrepreneur. And for me, I think what, what guided me through was, um, gosh, I don't even know. (laughs) It was a very, it was like, let's be real. It was a crushing time. It was super challenging. I probably cried all the time every day, but you know, I constantly checked in with myself and asked, you know, as it relates to entrepreneurship, I checked in with myself and I asked, you know, almost, you know, prodding myself or like challenging myself that, you know, is this what you want? You can go back to the cubicle at any time that's available to you. (laughs) And every time, no matter how hard it was, I still answered that I wanted to pursue my own business. So, so that was, that was one sort of thing that I remember distinctly doing that. You know, the other thing that was really hard was that I didn't feel like I fit in with, with any, you know, particularly with other moms, because I was not staying at home though. I did have a flexible schedule. I was not a quote unquote, stay at home mom with someone else supporting me so that I could go to the mommy and me class. I was taking time away from my business, which was our sole source of income to go to the mommy and me class. And I wasn't a working mom necessarily. I I mean, I was a working mom, but I didn't feel, I wasn't like a mom who was on maternity leave, who was going back to an office job. So I didn't really find a lot of common ground with, with the moms that I was meeting. And I remember at that, in that uh, time period going to a mommy and me, you know, just kind of like quote unquote support group. And the moms were talking about like, oh, my baby has reflux or, oh my gosh, my husband doesn't pick the baby up enough or, ah, this baby is rejecting formula. And I'm like, my problems are so much bigger than this. which is a great way to drive a wedge between yourself and any other relationship friendship you might forge. But, uh, at the time I just had no patience for, for the mundanities of, uh, you know, the, of the motherhood conversation. So, you know, I think that that was another challenge was that that separateness that I was conferring upon myself whether it was real or imagined was creating a sense of isolation for, for me, which was not great either. And so you know, the way that I got through it was literally on a day by day, moment by moment basis. And, and I real in reflecting on the intervening, you know, my daughter is, is eight and a half. Now the intervening eight and a half years, and even the 10 years of Uh, that I've been in my own business, literally the only way to fail. And I think that this is true with anything is to quit. It's going to work out if you stay in the game. Some of us quit too early, right? Um, It is so funny because, you know, I, I've been toying with the idea of wanting to own a business for a very long time. And uh, last year, uh, well, 2020, I took a higher up position because I wanted to experience what was the 
see you know c-suite level like and whatever and you know after I got there I realized that that's not what I wanted to do and I was like well you know I like the security I like you know financial stability and you know I don't really want to leave you know six figures on the table but I discovered that working for one specific person or one specific company wasn't going to be fulfilling for the rest of my life so when I opened up the mentality of you know you really have to sacrifice certain things in order to get what you want and to in order to you know shift your mindset into what you really want to attain uh it was kind of like eye-opening how the opportunities have started to come in and how thinking outside the box and, and, and giving those ideas some thoughts uh, made me make a decision, uh, you know, a few months ago. Uh, we are recording this in January. So in November, I put my resignation letter. And, but like you, it was like nerve breaking. And I was like, is this shit really going to work? <laughs> it has to work. It's no yeah. way that I can go, go back now and go back to that desk. So I certainly, you know, understand. And I appreciate that you are 10 years in telling us here, it is going to work because I really needed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, that is what I needed to hear in the early days as well, that you will figure this out. You will make it work because you've made everything work. You've made everything work to date. You have figured every single thing out. And as one of my favorite Peloton instructors says, you've made it through a hundred percent of your bad days. You can do this. I need to buy one of those things. <laughs> I just I honestly just use a quick like break here. I, honestly, the pricing, I'm just like, I'm still like debating, like, you know, and then you have to have the membership, but is it worth it? Can you tell me if it's worth it or not? I love it. I okay. love it. I'm devoted. Right. I'm, I might, I might make that inv investment in the next few weeks <laughs> because everybody is like, you should get a Peloton. And I was like, okay, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, that was a quick break, but, um, I, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like we, we just have to work and work hard and don't give up on our ideas. And that doesn't mean that your, your, your idea for the business might change because you exactly. might discover that there are certain things that might shift, but the, the most important thing is not to give up on yourself and not to give up on your dream. Right. So right. I think, um, uh, you know, uh, it is important to hear that. Now, you're doing pretty amazing things out there for, you know, entrepreneurs, women, and whatnot. So tell us a little bit about that spark that light up on you and the light and everything that keeps you going every single day. Because I know you do a lot of work and, you know, you have a couple, couple workshops, seminars, things coming up. Um, so tell me a little bit about that work and why, why that is so important to you. Yeah, absolutely. So my work is for any woman in business 
who feels like her voice is getting lost in the noise. A woman solo entrepreneur who is really good, knows she's really good at what she does, but not enough people know about her. That is the refrain that is going on in her head. And the work that I do really capitalizes on everything that you can leverage to put yourself, your voice, your story, your service, your purpose, your offer out there into the world. And so what started with me creating this little tiny training based on my PR experience, this, obviously this was, you know, 10 plus eight plus years ago that I created this, this tiny training about how to pitch the media has transformed into an entire year long program on every aspect of communicating in your business. And once you have that foundation, the foundation being your messaging, your story, your offers, your sales conversations, those sort of foundational elements of communication in business. Then we figure out how are we getting you out there into the world to connect with more of the right people. So from there, after we've built the foundation, we figure out what are the best ways for you to be visible on behalf of the brand? Who are your best strategic partners? Who can you connect with? Where can you be seen in order to be validated by your audience as the expert that they need right now? Excuse me. As the expert that they need, how can you be aligned with the right people? How can you be seen on the right stages? How can you create an experience or host an event that is going to bring them together and provide them with transformation? So all of these grassroots free marketing tactics that we use in the PR world, how can solo entrepreneurs use them to benefit themselves and their businesses and the people who they will serve? So that's really what I work on with my clients day in and day out is figuring out how are we connecting you with more of the right people so they buy your services and keep keep the transformation going in their own lives and keep your business afloat. That's pretty amazing. So <clears throat> if I understand correctly, you basically help them tell their story and you know bring their business and showcase their business as a story. So everything flaw- like, you know, it's flawless from and all the all the messaging matches. So exactly. when, when when we think about Amanda. We think about Amanda, and this is what we think. In the in, in, in when you're putting your brand out there, you are recognized in a certain way. That's pretty yeah. cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty absolutely. Amazing. That we create a cohesive message across yeah. every platform and delivery method that you might be venturing to put out That's there. That's amazing. So, what have been some of the most uh, successful or fulfilling experiences you've had, um, while doing what you love? I love that question. So in March of 2020, I was about to host my most highly produced, well-planned 
about to be well executed in person event on March 17th, it was March 19th. It was going to be the day of the event. And on March 12th, we got word that our schools in our state were closing. And I was like, oh my God, what? I knew that this event was dead in the water because my local community are, are most, you know, some are moms. And if they don't have childcare, I wasn't even thinking like, oh, we shouldn't be in a room all together. I was thinking if these moms don't have childcare because school is closed, we can't meet, we can't have this event. And this event had been six months in the planning. And so, yeah, so it was a huge pivot moment for me. And I began like a marketing sprint for the rest of the year, because that was the linchpin for my, uh, for my 2020, that was the marketing, you know, the big marketing event that I was carrying out. And so over the course of that year, the rest of 2020, I engaged in as many collaborations as I could, as many, um, trainings that I could provide as many free experiences that I could offer. And to, to, uh, up until that point, 2020 turned out to be the best year I ever had in business. I, I have since That's surpassed that. That's pretty <laughs> yes. amazing. Thank you. Uh, my business has grown every single year. And given what I was presented with in 2020, I didn't, I had no idea if that would continue. And it turned out that I was able to mobilize the connections that I had made over the, you know, seven plus years that I have been in business in order to leverage the audiences of my collaborators and strategic partners so that I could get women into my program and the right women into my program. And so, yeah. Uh, That was, that was, um, uh, that was very rewarding to see that my, to see my community mobilized to support me. And then following that in March of 2021, we executed an event that still, you know, not safe to meet in person, but took this experience virtual and it was the most rewarding thing I've done to date in my business. And I'm coming up on two events that I think will even surpass that in the excitement that I have. But the fact that I finally got to present what I had been planning for, for, you know, a year and a half at that point, Yeah, (laughs) I got to present, I got to bring my community together virtually. I got to, um, hold space. I got to create, create an environment where my people, my women could really, um, express themselves, express what the the year had, uh, meant to them, find their voice and find a way to, uh, you know, market themselves authentically to their audiences based on being part of this event. The fact that I was kind of handing them the megaphone or the microphone in that figurative way was so rewarding. And then 2021 became the best year that I had in business. (laughs) That's pretty fantastic. Like how from such a difficult year that everybody had 
I am so amazed at how much we can adapt and actually succeed because I know there is a lot of negativity around like COVID, 2020, 2021, you know, still now 2022 and this, this is still continuing. This is, you know, we never thought two years later, here we are, right? But it is amazing how our human capacity of evolving and adapting can bring the best out of people if put in the most challenging situations. And it's all about mindset. You can either go that way or that the other way. But those that choose to actually, you know, make something positive out of it, it is amazing. All the stories I've heard about all the successes women business owners have had by focusing on the positive and the opportunity out there, thinking outside the box, doing things differently, you know, and that would have never happened if, you know, that difficult situation in year hadn't arrived. So I wonder how many people you actually encounter out there that you provide services to that have a really good story of success based on the challenge that they were presented with. Um, yeah. Any, any good stories like that? Absolutely. I mean, I have, I, one of my current clients who's in my uh, program pitch to prominence, which is my year long uh, visibility intensive that where we focus on sort of building from the ground up yeah. messaging and, and everything that you feel really confident putting out there. One of my clients in that program started her business in 2020 when she got laid off uh, she's a CPA, an accountant for oil and gas in Texas for a huge company. And she got laid off and she decided that she, similar to my story, I was, I'm not going back to that cubicle. I'm going to figure out how to make it a good, make it, uh, and give it a go on my own. And in her first year of business, she, she made five figures. She made over $50,000, which may not seem like a lot from a corporate salary as yeah. a CPA accountant in oil and gas, but she was over the moon because she knows the statistic that yeah. it will take the average business owner six years to make six figures. So she was so pumped that she was able to come out of the gate in that fashion. And I mean, I just did an interview and a testimonial with her and I just, I was emotional because of the community and the support that she found, uh, in the program, but also just having to, having been able to, um, offer that to her was, uh, an incredible privilege on my part. Um, and I think that's really what it's all about is, um, is really sort of creating space for women to find their, their area of expertise, their genius and to champion them. And, you know, you don't have to be in your own business to do that. That's our responsibility as humans is to champion people who are finding their way to serve out there in the world. I love it. And I think it is so true. I think we, we definitely need to root for one another a little bit more. Um, and teach each other's best practices because it's the only way that we can definitely succeed. Um, 
so tell me a little bit about what do you think or what does transcending means to you? I love that word. Transcending means to me that you are not just overcoming, but overcoming with lightness, with ease, with an air, with an air. Yeah. I don't know. The, the word air keeps coming to mind. I don't know if it's an air of something, but just you're overcoming with ease. Amazing. You know, I love this question. And I know I said this on another episode, but I'm going to say it again. I love asking this question because it means something different for everybody. So every time I ask it, I get a different response. And I love that response because it's unique to you and it's unique for everybody. And we can all learn from it. So thank you for sharing that. Now, to conclude, um, has there been, uh, I have two more things. One, what has been one book that you will suggest our, our listeners to read that, you know, had a big impact on you? And then what message of empowerment do you have for women listening today? I love it. So the book I would recommend is called Radical Acceptance by Tara Brock. And this is really the only self-improvement book that I ever recommend <laughs> though. I've read a handful. They're not, I usually read for pleasure uh, for, you know, fiction for escape. Um, radical acceptance is about, um, it, it's a combination of Western psychological philosophy and Eastern Buddhist philosophy. And the writer Tara Brock is just that she's a Buddhist scholar and she is a, a psychotherapist and she is the founder of the insight meditation center in, uh, I think it's in Baltimore outside of Washington, DC. Um, and she has this beautiful way of combining sort of humor and modern thought with Buddhist concepts in a, in a way that really stuck with me. And so one of my big takeaways from that book is that, uh, is the concept of the second arrow in Buddhism. And that means that you will experience pain. It's a given that the pain that you experience is there's some that's just not avoidable. The pain that is avoidable is the pain of the second arrow, which is the arrow of judgment that we put on our pain or on ourselves for how we react to our pain. And that is a completely optional level of pain. And I think that that has rung true for me. And I talk to my sister about this all the time. So it's a concept that really enables us to kind of look and be like, well, is that the second arrow <laughs> or is that the original arrow? <laughs> so I, I found that so useful over the years. So that's radical acceptance by Tara Brock. That's so beautiful. I'm definitely getting the book and I'm, I'm putting it on our, uh, podcast book recommendations but I've never heard of it and I'm very curious now um, because I, I do I do love learning from you know different points of views and different um, practices um, I think one cannot be ignorant to what other you know uh, points of view have to offer 
Um, so I'm definitely adding it into into my 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 book collection. I have right now I have one, two, three, four. I got six books that I need to read. My uh, <laughs> my partner came with Christmas gifts and he was like, here. And I was like, really, man? Like I already have four. And he gave me two more and he's like, we're gonna do book club. And I was like, ah. <laughs> But I love it because you learn so much. Um, you do, you do. So I really appreciate you being here today and sharing your story, um, going to like a couple difficult points there, uh, sharing um, and whatnot. But I think, you know, like you said earlier, our voices are so important. And each story, regardless if it's too deep or, or, or not, uh, we can all learn from it and we can definitely grow from them. Uh, so I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time. Uh, I appreciate all you do for women. Uh, we're not that close, but we're close. We're, you know, you know, three states apart. <laughs> yes. So I cannot wait to like being able to meet you in person at one point with this whole craziness of the Omicron, whatever goes away. Now it's not even COVID-19 anymore. <laughs> but you know keep pushing forward and I, I look forward to learning from you a lot because I'm in that process of developing my own story and how you know uh, I want you know my businesses to be perceived so I cannot wait to read more about your work and, and attend your workshops and, and just you know overall continue to absorb in order to grow uh, Excellent. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Monica. Thanks for holding space for these conversations. Life is meant to be fun. You're not hurting anyone. Nobody loses. Let the music make you free. Be what you want to be. Make no excuses. I appreciate you listening today. Remember that it is your reaction to adversity, no adversity itself, that determines how your life story will develop. Now it is the time to do something meaningful and impactful with your story. Help empower others or empower yourself to break that glass ceiling that holds you back. Don't forget to visit our website to learn more about our guests from today and connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. My name is Monica Duani, and I cannot wait to see you transcend. Oh.